Good evening, 12s, and welcome to the Seahawks 360 podcast, where we look at the Seahawks from every angle, every week. I'm your host, Candace Higgins, and as always, it is a pleasure and it's a privilege to talk Hawks with you. Guys, it's been a while. I know I took longer than a week. I've, I've been working hard, I promise you, but I am juggling things between an NBA podcast and the NFL podcast, and it's NBA playoff season along with NFL draft season, and let me tell you, guys, it is a lot, but I am super psyched to be back with you guys for our second YouTube live stream. For those of you listening on the podcast, thank you for your continued support. We have a lot to get into today. We are continuing part two of our series with the blank pick. Today, we're going to talk about with the 20th pick. And the 20th pick with the Seattle Seahawks is really interesting because it really doesn't have, I mean, it's the wild card factor, right? When you're talking about the number five pick, you're talking about maybe, you know, four or five options. They're not, they're not a ton of guys that can realistically go at that spot and at least it'd be good value, at least. So this is going to be a little bit more in depth. We got seven prospects to break down on this particular one. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but I want to try to give you guys a little bit of information about each one um, for sure. And and there are more that we're not going to cover, but these are just some of the picks that I think uh, they should be top of mind, right? And we're going to do similar like we did last time because you guys know we look at things from every angle. We're not just going to look at what I prefer. Right now, I'm not going to do the popular picks the same way that I did last time, because quite frankly, the, the there are no popular picks with the 20th pick at this point. Everybody is picking some of everything. And I have seen a wide variety of options and different mock drafts. And there's there's so many different ways that Seahawks can go because of their unique position in this draft that there really is no telling what direction they can go. But we still will get into not only my picks, but some unexpected picks, what I think, you know, may not happen. But if they're guys on the board, I think the Seattle Seahawks should surely get them. Then we'll go into what I think are some unideal picks, some guys that I'm not high on, at least at this position, or some guys that I'm just not high on in general. So we got a lot to get into today. Let's get into it and talk some Hawks. So guys, we are going to pick up right where we left off and we'll start off with my favorite prospect, uh, at, at least at this position. I got a, I got a 1A and I have a 1B. So to, to some extent, I'll admit, it will depend pretty heavily upon uh, if what the Seahawks do with that first pick. Like the, the number five overall pick, in my opinion, will go really far to determine what my preference is whether it's 1A or 1B. So let's talk about both of them. Um, I like both of these guys at this value. Um, first one, as you can see, is Nolan Smith. He's got um, really great size for the for He's undersized, but his, his physicality is what I'm just such a huge fan of. He is just so physical at the point of attack. Um, he's agile enough. He's very instinctive. He just seems like a guy that, to me, when you watch his films, he just sort of flashes, right? He just sort of stands out. Um, he's very versatile. He'll be great versus the run in the Seattle Seahawks. Need people who can stop the run. They really need people who can do both, though. And that's really why I like this pick is because he's shown the ability to, um, to get to the quarterback 
but also be able to defend the run. He's still got a lot of upside. Um, he's still pretty young, 22. Um, this guy has got elite speed. Uh, 4.39 is what he ran. Uh, 1.52 split. Um, he's got pretty good size arm, at least, you know, average size arms. He, he is sort of a tweener, right? Like he's a guy who, if you're talking about, especially reducing him inside, I don't think he's going to be able to do that very much. He, he kind of fits in between the two, but I think you can bulk him up. I believe that his frame can sort of add weight to it. If you look at how he's built, um, that's my personal belief. But he's got this real quickness about him. He really can be a guy you could put on all three downs um, from the start. You know, he's got really good bend. He's got he's very quick to get to the second level. And again, you just need a guy who can play, who could play make a guy who can get to the to the backfield, whether it's in the run or in the pass. Um, I think that could add a lot. Really, in my opinion, a lot of people feel like Edge is not a real concern for the Seahawks. And I gotta be honest. I disagree. I, I think that edge is still extremely important because as it stands right now, I don't feel like the Seahawks have a true uh, tandem at starting at the starting lineup. I know people talk about Daryl Taylor. People talk about Boye Mafe. Um, and then, of course, there's going to be Alton Robinson. You want to see what he, he's going to do. You don't know if Tariq, I think Smith is his last name, the, the six-round pick out of last year. Um you don't really know if he's going to become anything or not. Um, that's a big question mark. But people are saying if you got Alton coming back, if you got Daryl Taylor, you got Boye Mafe, along with Yutina Nwosu, then you should be well off. And the reason why I'm going to say no is because both Boye Mafe and Daryl Taylor, while having upside, have shown that they're pretty much going to be dominant or elite at only one area, and, and not even elite, but but very good at one area. Boye Mafe is going to be very good at defending the run, but he doesn't give you much upside as a pass rusher. Now, will he improve? Of course he will. But will he will he improve to the point of being able to apply pressure for a 17-week season consistently? I don't think he's going to make that big of a jump that quickly. I, I would for sure be surprised. And I don't think that's something the Seattle Seahawks should bet on. Then you got Daryl Taylor, who we've seen the Seahawks try to start. And he's just too much of a liability in the run game in order to really be able to do anything but be a situational pass rusher. I think you're going to have the same thing with Alton Robinson. So while people say it's not a need, they don't really have a true starter to pair with. You tend to Walsu, who can do both who is not a liability on either end because otherwise people are just going to do what they did last year and that's going to be put more attention either double team or shade to uh, Eugene Nwosu, he gets more attention and then the other guy can't take advantage of it or the other guy is such a liability in the run game that anything he gives you in the pass rush is negated completely. That's just not a risk the Seahawks can afford to take. I don't think they can take another guy who just has one and needs development in the other. They've got those guys. My opinion, the Seahawks need an edge, and they need to edge fairly high in the draft because those are going to be the prospects who have the ability to do both from day one. At least give you something. Now, will they have a strength or weakness? Yes, but what you want to avoid is having an a, a insurmountable weakness of some kind. 
that's what I want the Seahawks to avoid. And so I'm going to be high on, you know, definitely if Will Anderson is there, you run to the podium. If if not, I think a guy like a Nolan Smith could be of great value to the Seahawks because, again, I'm going to prioritize personally the versatility, the balance on both on both areas, a three-down guy. If they can do that, then I think the edge position is set. Then you've got great depth at that point. And when you're talking about defensive line anyway, injuries and just keeping guys fresh in the rotation that's a good problem to have. You want to have a good rotation on both sides. I think that's plenty. I think that gives you enough guys to be able to provide a good pass rush and a good rotation and still have healthy competition amongst the 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 group. That still leaves room for a Daryl Taylor to grow, for a, Ma, a Boyan Mafe to go, because those backup snaps, you're going to need him. They played Uchenna Nuosu way too often. And so if you can take Uchenna off the field a little bit, let him rest a bit, and get Boye Mafe those growth reps, that's a win-win situation. I don't think drafting a edge high and starting that edge is going to have any negative impact on the development of Boye Mafe because you saw him develop throughout the season anyway. You really saw him grow uh, in some areas, maybe not pass rush as much, but you just saw him get better. And that, that leap from year one to year two should be advantageous to, again, increase the depth of the position. So uh, that that's my personal belief. I, I think that's why I think that. But um, let's get into my other prospect. So again, I'm high on, uh, they have an opportunity to uh, to draft. Uh, a edge to do that if they can't if like if like they don't get now let me I didn't specify this but of course if you're drafting a Will Anderson then no you're not going to need a Nolan Spit if you somehow by some miracle Arizona trades out of that position and that's that's becoming more and more likely especially given that Buda Baker just requested a uh, trade request so if they're going to honor that then they're going to have a hole at that position one more hole means more incentive for them to trade down and stockpile because they got a lot of holes in that roster to fill in a short amount of time in order to keep kyler happy over the next year or so so let's say you do take care of the edge position or or tyree like wilson all right let's say they don't get will anderson they get tyree um at that point my first choice would be brian Brzee. Um, Brian Brzee is, is a really interesting prospect. He's a guy that's really been through quite a lot. Um, I like his size. I think his size makes him extremely versatile. Um, yeah, he could stand a pound or two to add a few pounds or two, but I think he can easily get you and be all over the defensive line. And really, that's what this defense needs is some versatility, some some add, add some areas of uncertainty where you don't know who's going to line up where. From snap to snap he's still really young he's 21 years old um i don't think his combine was particularly staggering but it was pretty it was pretty good for his size i think i think he did well um he's just a twitchy kind of guy and and seahawks have have few opportunities to get anybody that's twitchy right but the real knock on him you're gonna see is that you don't see a ton of production for him um he really didn't 
shine on tape. If you look at him, he he is not like Nolan Smith. He's a guy who you can see the potential. He had a much better last year, but he went through so much with the loss of his sister. Um, I think he had a kidney infection. He um just had he had ACL the uh year before. It's been a while since he had the ACL, but. It, it just was a lot for him to overcome, and I think he did that well. But he seems like a real good leadership guy, too. A guy who's going to come in and put his head down. And we've got so many questions about a guy like Jalen Carter. You don't have those type of questions about a Brian Brissy. And that's appealing. Like, if the Seahawks decide that there's just not too, there's just too many questions about Jalen Carter, uh, they choose, like I said, to go in another direction, and they want to get Brian Brissy at that position as well i would understand that and i hope they do their due diligence to be certain about that but um he's definitely not a guy you question for sure um he's got a really high motor he's he he's got a real he's got some agility to him uh, especially for his size uh pretty good movement uh he has the ability to play the two gap which is exactly what the seahawks are going to ask there guys to do either two gap or one and a half gap sometimes um he seems like a really intelligent player um he has pretty good patience but also uh twitch you know you watch him on film now he does have to get better uh in terms of pad level consistency but that's just reps because the guy again you know really didn't get the chance to start and you only, you see he only had seven starts uh, last year, he he really missed a lot of time. So and then he got better with the season. Yes, he got more reps. His tape improves, and that's extremely promising for a guy who who did have some medical medical questions. I personally don't have any medical questions. I think the kidney infection that he had is like I don't I don't really include that as a real concern medically. Um, now he's not super bendy. He does have some bend, but he's not a super bendy guy. Like not like a Daryl Taylor or any lead kind of thing. Um, but that's not really what you need. He's going to be a power kind of guy. And given how important it's going to be when you're going up against the 49ers, winning with power is ideal, right? I think that's going to be ideal. I think they'll, I, I'm not sure finesse anyway is the way to go when you're trying to look ahead and figure out how to get ahead of these 49ers. Uh, brute strength can come in handy. And he's a guy who you like that for. Now, again, those are my one A's and one B. So depending if they get Jalen Carter, my preference would be to, you know, they, I think that the Seattle Seahawks need to draft uh, one edge, one uh, D lineman, like one de defensive tackle. They need one of each, and I think they need to do it in those first in the first round. I, I'm not one who uh, says that they should go for a ton of offense. Personally, uh, my preference will be to get the highest level of talent possible at as soon as possible. Um, now, edge is deep, so there's. I get why people would say it's a edge, it's a it's it's a deep class with edge. It's a really deep class. You can get a guy at lower value. I don't disagree with that, but I do think that some of those guys, again, may lean more towards having one real strength. Like you'll have a lot of speed rush guys that come later in this draft, or a lot of guys with power, but very few guys down as you get further in the draft that could start immediately um, and make a real impact. For you, I think. Well, there are some, but I think they wouldn't be able to give you 
both Durant and the play. That they're lacking something. Lacking size, maybe smaller school. There's some sort of reason why they're not in the top 20, right? And so for that reason, get the get the, get the guy most likely to start early on. And I think there'll be plenty of opportunities to get some offensive players later in the draft. Because quite frankly, uh, there are not a ton of blue chip let's say right wide receivers for example this is not a, a top heavy wide receiver class those are those that's a position you can afford to address later but i know a lot of people are higher on depending on how the draft board goes getting an offensive player and if we do get an offensive player at that point my preference is most certainly to go ahead and get a wide receiver because i do think that the seahawks need a third wide receiver definitely I don't necessarily think that they need to get that early in the draft because there are actually quite a few guys I like in the fourth round, in the fifth round, uh, maybe third round that I think better fit what the Seahawks need because I think the Seahawks, in my take, before I give you going to, uh, I have a game, my 1A, my 1B, I have one other pick. There are only really three options I really love at this spot. Um... But let me tell you the type of wide receiver. The reason I'm not high on getting a wide receiver as much here because I think the Seahawks really just need a run-after-catch guy. They don't need another deep threat. They don't need another big physical wide receiver. They got DK Metcalf. They got the quick guys in Tyler Lockett. What they need is somebody can get them run-after-catch, somebody who can add another dynamic element to the offense, another versatile element to the offense that they do not have. That when plays break down or things don't go right or you can't seem to be, you're having trouble moving the chains, you can put the ball in this guy's hand and he can for sure get you a first down. He can move the chains. You need a chain mover. And and that's really, they don't really have that. Tyler Lockett can be that at times. He absolutely can. But depending upon how the other team is covering him, then you, you kind of want another option who this is not going to be getting the same level of attention that Geno can go to spot up, boom. Uh, because the tight ends don't always have the most sure hands. <laughs> At least uh, Noah Fan and Will Disley have been known to sort of mess that up from time to time when you need a big first down that they, they've done well. But again, I think also people next season will catch on to the three tight end sets and there may be some defensive adjustments that the offense may need to make room for. It may not be as as impactful as it was to start the season. Because we kind of saw then impactfulness drift off a little bit throughout the season anyway. Now, that is in part because the run game did not need to be respected at all. But it also could be, to some extent, just defenses playing the Seahawks a little bit differently where that's not as advantageous. So, again, let's go back to um, my third guy. Jackson Smithy Nigba. Uh... Sorry, I completely left off the guy's name, guys. Excuse that. I'm sorry. And I was up to two in the morning doing this stuff. But he's a he's an interesting prospect. I I went back and forth with him and Jordan Addison. But I got to tell you, Jordan Addison just doesn't have the size for me. We He's like 20 pounds lighter than a Tyler Lockett. And I'm, DS, which was a bigger guy, he was like 190, and he was injury prone. I'm just not interested in bringing in a guy who I think – might be injury prone. Now that's ironic because Jackson did not play hardly at all this year because of injury. But I, 
I, I just want a bigger receiver. I, I, I don't want a small guy. Uh, I need a guy who's more likely to be able to translate to the NFL, his skill set. And I'm just not so sure that with a Jordan Addison, that's going to be the case. He's the more well-rounded player. And I think he's actually, his skill set is more uh, apt to what the Seahawks need in terms of his run after catch. But Jackson Smith, the Enigma, while he doesn't not shown the ability to, you know, maybe have to run after the catch, he is just the most NFL-ready prospect. For sure, you're going to plug and play this guy, and he's going to do well. He's going to play out of the slot, and that's okay. Uh, they could they can afford to just have somebody in the slot tight like they can play on the outside easily. Um, and so, I mean, sometimes they play tight on the slot and the outside, but they could, you know, have Jackson lined up in the slot all the time, um, and that would be an elite trio, absolutely elite for Geno Smith. Jackson Smith, Enigma, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. It's incredible. Uh, this is a guy who obviously didn't have a lot of production. He only had three touchdowns, but he had three games. Three touchdowns are three games. Um, he's 169, so really good size there. Uh, he had a really great 2021 campaign. That's really what people are making the assessment on. You're really looking at the tape for more 2021 when he was outstanding. Uh, he's very he's got deceptive footwork, which would be really he could be really crafty, which I like with him alongside Tyler Lockett. Um, great body control. Uh, he really has top speed throughout the route. He he's got good effort with blocking. He's obviously going to need to work on that a little bit. Uh, but he's just he just seems to be able to make plays, man. He's a playmaker and he's got good speed. Now I did think he would run a little bit of a better uh, forty time. You know, four five three. There were guys lighter than him. Uh, and heavier than him, running faster than him. Not bad, not bad. It just, I just, I was hoping he was like four four, or something like that. But anyway, uh, there's not, a, there's really not a ton not to like about this guy. Again, the only thing I really truly care about is that he's not very good after the catch. He, he's really slated as more of a slot guy. There's questions on if he can do that, can play on the outside. But for the Seahawks needs, that's not really that important. Now you can question. Should you get a slot only guy at the twentieth spot? Yeah, I think that's legitimate. I think I think that's legitimate. But uh, if the Seahawks wanted to take this chance, I would be fine with it. Again, my preference is defense at both at both uh, draft picks. But if they want to go offense, this is going to be uh, my first choice. Now, there are a couple of guys who I love at this position who I just don't think are going to be available. But if they are, I'm running. I'm pretty high on Luke Venice. I thought he had a really great pro day. To beat 272 pounds and run a 4.58 is pretty impressive to me. Uh, had a really good vertical. He just is an athlete. He's got excellent strength. He had pretty good production uh, coming out of Iowa. He, he's an edge player. Uh, I don't think he'll be available at 20. I really think he's going to go between 15 and 18 is my guess. I think he's going to be off the board for the Seahawks. But if for some reason he falls, the Seahawks absolutely need to take take heed and get this guy. Uh, he's got versatility, another guy who can who can give you uh, some versatility, right? Uh, now, maybe he is better inside. I think he might be better on the inside than maybe at edge. He's... There's a question about that. 
he's not quite a tweener. You would want him to be more 280 over 272. I'm not going to flip over 8 pounds. So the guy can, can easily get 8 pounds, but he's got extremely powerful hands. He is super quick out of his stance. Um, He's got some flexibility for his size. Um, Again, a guy that can rush the passer and defend the run. Um, Another instinctive guy, another high motor guy. I like high motor guys. I like instinctive guys because some of those things you can't coach. And the Seahawks have had a tendency to take all these projects where you don't really know. You never know how it's going to go with a project. And, and you have to try to coach them up to these techniques and things. You know, teaching a guy something like being able to uh, shed blocks more quickly. Because he can shed blocks, but sometimes he needs to do a if he if he improved his hand counters, he'll be able to do that more quickly. Um, he doesn't have a lot of a lot of lateral quickness exactly. He's pretty average in that. He definitely doesn't have a lot of experience because what's unique about this player in particular is that he never started for Iowa. He came on the field every game. Yeah, thirteen games. But once he got on the field, like he's a guy that you just couldn't take off the field because he's such a good player, such an impactful player, doing good things. I'll take a guy like that. He will get experience. I mean, in fact, I kind of consider it a good thing. That's less tread on the tire to some extent. Um, and so that's a guy who you absolutely want to take a chance on. Those are the those are things I look for when I'm looking at will this player be a Seahawk? Being able to play hard, be instinctive, being versatile, um, and being balanced. Those are the type of defensive players that I'm honing in if you have not been able to gauge that by now. So uh, that's an excellent pick. And then another pick I'm not as high on as others, but it is foolish not to talk about Kalaja Kansi. Some people are saying he can be the new, um, why am I blanking, Aaron Donald. Uh, I, I have questions. Personally, I have questions about whether he can live up or not he's not he's never gonna be Aaron Donald. Nobody's gonna be Aaron Donald, but whether he can live up to that caliber of player. I don't know. I really struggle. He I struggle with this size. He's six one, two hundred and eighty one pounds. He's got thirty inch arms, guys. Aaron Donald had like thirty three inch arms. That's that's just a really stark difference. And for him to already be undersized at the defensive tackle position, I just feel like he will be so taken advantage of, particularly in the run game, that I don't love him as a fit for the Seahawks. Um, he's elite, though. I mean, the, the things he does well, he does like nobody else. He definitely has out-of-this-world traits, traits far higher than a Luke Van Ness or far higher than a Nolan Smith because his quickness is just uncanny. He's got, because he is his size, he's got excellent leverage to the ground. Um, he can always use that leverage against blockers. He knows how to do that very well to his advantage. He's got standing body control, excellent balance. Um, he's got really great, he's really quick and able to change directions. Uh, so his ability to rush the passer is bar none. Now, he's not going to be able to help you in the run game at all. He also struggles with sometimes taking poor angles when he's rushing the passer, which to me, I've seen enough of Daryl Taylor doing that. To, to, to me, I, again, I'm not high on this guy. And I don't even expect him to be available at 20. I really don't. But, you know, you never know how, the, how wrong these mock drafts are. And if the Seahawks took him, I'm, 
I wouldn't be mad at it. I think it's worth definitely a guy with that elite traits. I just think he's ton boomer bust. And I really want a guy with a with with room to grow, but a fairly high floor. Uh that's pretty much what I'm looking for this at this point with the defensive line at the state that it's in. I think they need guys who can be ready to go. Not guys who take two or three years. You know, they they've really by signing Geno Smith decided to go all in. And so you need to draft accordingly, in my opinion. And Kalaja Kansi is just either he's gonna hit or he's not. I don't think there's really a middle ground for him. And that's what makes him pretty risky, in my opinion. All right. So we are rounding out to towards the end of this particular episode. Um, I've got a couple more people I want to talk about. But uh, let's see. Let's move on to the next. So now let's talk about some of the guys that I'm not as high on, right? Because you can't love everybody in the draft. And this draft in particular is seems to be everybody has a wide variety of opinion, right, about each guy, right? There really seems to be a, um, not too many people on the same page about where these prospects stand. You really kind of see some things all over the place with these guys, but so the first guy I'm not big on is Zay Flowers. And I know some Seahawks fans love Zay Flowers, but I, again, size is key. He's 5'9", he's 182 pounds. Yes, he is super fast, uh, but he he has a really high drop rate to me. Uh, he doesn't have a really high uh, release package. He's going to be a slot only guy. I don't think he's going to be able to do anything else. I don't even think there's a possibility where there is some potential with Jackson. Smith Enigma, he's got really, really small hands. Um, doesn't have small, he's got really small arms. Uh, he's a great one after the catch guy, but again, I just think you can get a guy with a better catch rate, better size, and more, it like just as dynamic when it comes to run after catch at more value. So I'm pretty big on Parker Washington. He's my go-to guy. And uh, hopefully I'll have the chance to do, I think I might, because we're kind of running out of time, I might just do some sleeper guys um, at different positions. And I'm thinking about doing some sleeper uh, wide receivers because I feel like I have got to talk to you guys about Parker Washington. He is really great. Um, he's got better size. Uh, he's got a, he's a funky size too. Uh, we'll talk more about him, but he's, he's bigger. He's bigger just as fast. I think he might be faster. I think he might be faster, but he's just as fast, if not faster, as a Flowers. He's got that dynamic ability. He's got a better catch radius. In fact, he's known for making really tough contested catches. Now, give me a guy who can make the contested catch, who can play on the outside and the slot, who is bigger, and you can get him maybe in the third round. Give me that guy. And so it's not that I don't like Zay Flowers, the player. I just don't feel like what he brings you is something that you need to be drafting at this point in the draft where he's going to go. I just don't see why he's as high in the draft. He's very talented, but I just think that there's some of the knocks on him. I'm not sure if he's going to go as high as everybody thinks he's going to go. As high as he's been, like, mocked, at least. And then 
the last pick that I just don't feel is ideal at all. I, I don't like either of these guys really for the Seahawks, but I especially don't like them at their value. Joey Porter Jr. is being talked about as really a top 20, top 25 prospect. And to me, this guy has Shaquille Griffin written all over him. He is talented, no less. He's got extreme fluidity. Uh, but this is a guy, especially when you're talking about these top corners, the downside, in my opinion, to the Seahawks drafting them, and this is why I don't think you see Seahawks draft cornerbacks often that high, is because they're going to play zone. And it's not valuable to get guys who are elite at man, who are elite at press coverage, if you're just going to put them and stick them in zone. Anyway, and so he, this guy is going to be better than maybe a Christian Gonzalez, at, uh, at playing the zone, but he's, I, I, my number one thing with him is, he just doesn't seem like a guy who's a ball hawk. You, you want a guy who can not only play well, not only keep up, not only play deep, but a guy who can make plays on the ball. Uh, turnovers are going to be key. I would like for the Seahawks to get back to turnovers like they were in the first half of the season. That's really what made the them. That's what distinguished them between them, and, and really, it, it made some wins. I mean, the turnover margin is huge if you're on a Pete Carroll coach team, and the best way to do that is not knowing how if you know it's going to keep the same rate that he did before. If he's going to improve it or or decline a little bit in terms of taking care of the football, you want to make sure your defense can can produce turnovers. And it can't all just be on Tariq Woolen. Why? Because teams are going to stop throwing at him. They're not going to throw at Tariq Woolen next year, which means it's going to be on the other corner to be able to take the take the onus and be able to make plays like that. And be able to, if you, if you have, if you're in the position where the other guy, you don't have to be the same level of threat to take away the ball that a Tariq Woolen is, right? Nobody is. He's freaky. He's freaky one of a kind, but you need a guy who can get you interceptions throughout the year where it is a decision for the corner for the quarterback. Should I throw it to Tariq Woolen or should I take a chance on Joey Porter? And you make them pay. And maybe they go back to Tariq Woolen if you got both guys with great ball skills and, you know, you still probably would rather throw the opposite of Tariq wherever he is. But you, you need a guy who can still help produce for the defense, not just by a bunch of pass breakups. Because if you got a bunch of pass breakups in college and no plays, it makes me really feel like you will never be able to get interceptions or you'll, you'll rarely be able to get interceptions at the NFL level because, well, what was a pass breakup in college is probably like you might even get beat in the NFL. It's just a different level. So uh, I'm not really huge on him. He's a great player, so it's not me being down on him as a player. He's he got great pedigree, obviously the son of Joey Porter uh, from the Steelers. Uh, excellent speed, four four six, uh, really good length, um, good size. I think just again, I just don't think that the value is going to be there, given where he's going to go. Uh, even if he falls, some people do project that he falls. Um, you know, so I think he very well may be on the board when the Seahawks go at, again at 20. And if he is, I just got to say, I'd say pass. 
Uh, I would not be happy if they got him. I'm just not, not high that on him as a player, but um, we'll see. So that's sort of where I stand with our prospects for the 20th pick. A lot of different directions they can go. And I'm curious to hear from you guys about what players you like at the number 20 pick. Well, that's all the time we have for today, guys. You can follow me on Twitter at CandiceH901 or follow the show at Ethos Seahawks. We have polls, analysis for you each and every day. Uh, be sure if you listen to us on YouTube, uh, give us a like. Please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Um, if you're listening on iTunes, please give us a five-star review. We'll give you a shout out here on the show if you do. All right, guys, that's it. I'm out. And as always, go Hawks.